this morning to uh, a subject that I've been dealing with all my life. I think we all have in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, something that wasn't very easy. I looked for it all my life, and it wasn't until I got in my middle age that I began to understand it. You know, uh, and it took me this long, it took me so long to really figure out, you know, how to uh, how to deal with it. You know, my subject this morning is the power of love. And I think we all have dealt with that at some point in our lives. Yes, Amen. You know, um, before I go there, let me get myself out of the way. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, as I stand before you this morning, Father, I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to come into this house, Father, and to come in and abide in me for these few minutes, Father, that I try to bring forth your word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for everyone that's here, for those that couldn't make it this morning, Father. But more so, Father, I'm just praying that you move me out of the way and let your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you will turn with me to 1 Corinthians 16:14. Amen. We'll find these words. It says, "Let all that you do be done with love." Now, I don't know about you, but I know for me, for years, it was lopsided. It was my way or no way. <laughs> you know? Uh, and now, if you will turn with me to Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at the first verse. Now, Webster says, love is a strong, tender affection or deep devotion. Whatever he meant by that, I'm still learning. Okay. But if if you're at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we'll find these words. And this is Paul talking about love to the Corinthians. And what he is saying to them is that, uh, let me read the first verse. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not loved, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. In other words, empty. You know, I wasn't really saying anything. It was just a whole bunch of words not really meaning anything, you know. And he was he was trying to explain this to the people of Corinth, you know, that even though they had spiritual gifts and all that, they didn't have no love amongst each other. And we find that in churches today. In churches today, it's all about me, myself, and I. And after that, you know, whatever you can get, that's you. If you can't get it, I'm sorry for you, you know. 
And that's the way people are looking at it. The same way they was looking at it then, they're looking at it today. But Paul goes on to say here in 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding and mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not loved, I am nothing. Love is the center of everything. You know, I mean, if you don't have any love, I mean, you're just empty. You're by yourself. You're alone, you know. He goes on to say in three, and though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not loved, it profits me nothing. Okay. He goes on to say that love suffers long, meaning that love is patient. If you love something, love someone, you'll be, you'll be patient. You have the time for that person. Okay. And he goes on to say it does, it ha, it's, uh, suffers long and is kind and love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It does not boast. It's not boisterous. You know, and it's not puffed up. It's not arrogant. And we see a lot of people that's arrogant. You know, but they say they love you. (laughs) Paul goes on to say, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, not jealous, you know, envious, uh, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in truth, and bear all things, believe in all things, hope all things, endure all things. Love never fails. When there's love in the midst of something, it never fails. There's never no, there's never no failure. You know, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. For we know that in part that we prophesy in part, but when that is perfect, talking about Christ, has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. You know, a lot of people say they love Christ, but they don't even love the person sitting next to him. You know, you know, says Paul went on to say when I was a child. I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. We're beginning to understand some things. And it took me a long time. I was in, I was in my 40s when I began to realize that there was a lot more than just Tom. There was a whole world out here, and I was letting it pass me by. But then face to face, now I know in part, 
but then I shall know that just as I am, that just as I am, and now abide in faith, hope, and love. Through these, but the greatest of these are love. If if you can love, you know, without um, looking for something in return, you know, that's one of the greatest things that I, anybody can have. And that's something I don't have. I wish I did, you know. I know how I feel about my family. You know, I know how I feel about certain people. I know how I feel about the church, you know. But there are certain people I just don't feel that, you know. And I'm just being honest. I just don't feel it. Um, if, we, if we can go to uh, John 13, 34. We'll find this, where Christ is talking. Christ says here, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to be able to greet each other. We suppo- Matter of fact, it should be never a moment that we're not separated from one another. You know, we got phones, we got computers, we got all kinds of technology that will keep us in touch with one another. But how many of us call one another? Me and Brother Nars, we stay pretty connected, you know. You know, uh, me and Brother Philip, we stay connected. Uh, Brother Ricky, if I can catch him a lot of times, you know. But we should be able to pick up the phone on a daily basis and speak to one another. Everybody in this house should be able to do that, you know. Um but that, that all comes under the, under the guidance and, and, and the covering of love. You know, uh, the last scripture I want to go to before I go into something else here is 1 John 4, beginning at the 8th uh, verse. Where it says, he, do, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The Greeks say that there is seven different kinds of love. And basically, when we come to church, we hear about one. And that's agape. We always hear preachers talk about agape, but do you know that agape love is one of the highest forms of love that you can achieve? Thank you, Brother James. It's one of the highest forms. And to be honest with you, I know I'm not there. I can't speak for you. 
But I know I'm not at that level. But the level that I think of, well, first of all, let me, let me name this, the uh, different types of loves that the Greeks talk about. They talk about storge, philia, eros, agape, lotus, pergma, and felucia. These different kinds of love, I'm only going to talk about three or four. And the first one I want to talk about is the one I think we all, the level that we all, I think we all are on. I might be wrong about you, you know, but I know for most of us, we haven't got past the arrows love. That's E-R-O-S. Am I pronouncing it right? It's physical love. This is the love that's physical, sensual, sensual, intimacy between husband and wife, man or woman. It expresses sexual, romantic attraction. Eros is also the name of a, of a Greek uh, mythological god. We know him as Cupid. The Greeks knew him as Eros. The difference between the two of them is that one was an infant or a child, and the other one was almost an adult, you know. But it go on to say that love has many meanings. Okay, we're going to skip past that. God created male and female and instituted marriage in the Garden of Eden. Within that marriage, sex is used for emotional and sexual bonding, spiritual bonding, sorry, and reproduction. This is what we're supposed to use it for. You know. But nowadays <laughs> you see commercials on TV where the young lady is taking her um pills so that she don't get pregnant and all that. You know, I mean it's not used for the purpose that God had made it for. We use it for everything else. But that, for pleasure, everything else. Um, But God goes on to say, you know, do not deprive one another except in an arrangement uh, for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, meditation, to come together again. Now, this, this love, I honestly believe that this is the love that we are functioning in. You know, it's the physical, physical attraction, you know, when one person see another person, you know. So I, I definitely don't understand how we could think on an agape level when we haven't even gotten past this level. You know, storge, or let's say filio is brotherly love, you know, it's uh, kind of uh, the love that we have for one another in here. You know, we see each other, we greet each other with a hug. And when we leave here, we wait till next Sunday <laughs> to see you again. But um, that particular love is friendly. And then you have storge, which is family, or the love of, um, you know, bonding a father and a mother, you know, with the children. Um, 
And you have an opposite side to it, which is usually when you have a parent that don't love their children, um, they are very abusive. And it also talked about, you can go online and find this stuff. It also talked about that when a person is not functioning well in this particular love, that this is a very good sign of the end times, you know, where parents are against children and children against parents, you know. Um, but it's a strong bonding if you got good families. Like I look at Vernon and uh, his family. I look at Brother James and his family, you know, the bond that they have. You know, when they come in here, they might not sit together, but you can tell that there's a bond there. You know, the love that's there, you know. Um, but you don't find that too often. You find, like nowadays, you have marriages that are going opposite and opposite directions. People who don't stay together no more or, or looking to, to get out of the, the, the relationship, either by divorce or just completely separation, you know. Um, but this... These particular loves are the loves that I, I feel that we need to be strongly in today, you know, because we are dealing with the end times, and I, I'm, I know God is coming back, Christ is coming back soon, and if we're going to be as confused as we are now with the chaos that's going on in the world, there's going to be no one to come back and retrieve, you know. I mean, because right now, we're confused, we're lost with all the chaos that's going on in the world, with the killings, you know. Uh, there's no love for no, no, no brotherly love for people today, you know. There is no family love for people today. You know, everybody wants to go their own separate way. You see the children coming up now, they want to do their thing. You know, in spite of what you've taught them, it's like whatever you've taught them has gone out of the window. You know. The last love I want to speak about is Felucia. Now, this love, you see it. A lot of us don't want to look at it when we see it, but we see people who, 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 uh, who function. You know, uh, Felucia is self-love, but, but one thing we have to understand with the self-love, if you don't love yourself, you can't love nobody else. Amen. Amen. But then there's a negative side that deals with narcissism, where you become self-obsessed and focused on personal fame and fortune, you know. And we see a lot of people like that today. A lot of people, it's all about self. Most of you young people now, it's all about me, you know. And they don't want to hear nothing about God. What is that, you know? Well, I can't see him, you know. Where does he live, you know? They don't want to know about him. It's hard to explain to a lot of young people today that there is a God and that he loves us. You know, they don't want to know nothing about that. They don't want to know about my father's religion, my mother's religion, my grandmother's bringing up, how, how they came up. That's the old days. 
All they want is what's going on now. I titled this The Power of Love because God's love is transforming. It's a transforming power that should drive us with that love. We should find freedom from the hopelessness and the self-hatred. With that love, we should gain a sense of reasoning and purpose. In our lives, that love we, that we are given, we're given a, a deeper direction and a renewed strength to begin a new life. You know, these are things I began to find out later in my life, you know, like in my late 40s. I began to see that um, that what I had done in the past really meant nothing. It wasn't nothing. You know, it got me into a whole lot of trouble. You know, um, relationships. Some relationships I can't even, I don't even, I can't even see their faces. I forgot what it looked like. Can't remember names of relationships that I've been in, you know. And it's because there was no love there. There was nothing there. It was blank. You know, everything was blank. But when I got into my 40s, I began to uh, uh, see something different. And I think it was through the help of my wife, you know, my first lady. I have to mention that. Because she brought out, like, almost the best in me. Okay? She helped me to understand some things that I didn't really want to see at one point in my life. Matter of fact, I tried to get her to go down a certain road, but she said, no, nothing happening, you know. And I'm kind of glad she rejected it because it was it was really about nothing. It was really about nothing. and uh, But it steered me in another direction to want to know who God was. And once I went in search of him, all I could find myself doing was studying. And I read the Bible on a daily basis. At the time, I didn't understand it, you know, uh, fully well. But then I started getting certain books to help me with it. I got encyclopedias. I got uh, dictionaries, biblical dictionaries to help me understand certain words and what God's love meant for me as well as anybody else. But one thing it always spoke spoke about and that's having love for one another you know and I couldn't see it at the time me having love for someone else that didn't feel that I thought didn't have that same or willing to give that same love back to me you know because if it was like this here you think I'm going to lay my life down for you oh no brother you're on your own you know and that's the way I looked at it you're on your own you know but today is different. I'm beginning to understand that love, and I know that God loves me, you know, but I have to, in return, love someone else. I have to love other people. You know, I can't, for say, give it back to him directly, but I can give it back to him indirectly through other people. You know, and in a lot of instances, I might not get it back from you, you, or anybody else. But those that return it, it's like a great reward. Those that share their kind love with me, 
I get the same, I get that reward, even though I didn't get it from ten other people, from one people, it's worth a million. From one person. You know. So I don't know if you got anything out of this. Like I uh like I did, I thought I had put all my crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's. But I know it was a, a good message for me. Because like I said, when I was a child coming up, I didn't receive the love that I so desperately wanted. Like from my single parent. I come from a single parent. And see, by it being six of us, you know, it wasn't enough of her to go around to the whole six of us. So I envied and I was jealous of my other brothers because I was sort of the darkest one in my family. And I felt she had more love for my lighter skinned brothers. And I resented them for that. So I wanted something to happen to them to move them out of the way so I could have my brother's love, my mother's love. That never happened. And you want to know something? I'm the oldest of my family. And all of them are gone, and I'm the only one left. All of them are gone. You know, so, but I knew that my mother loved me. I knew, even though she didn't say it, I knew that she loved me. You know, and I loved her back as well. When I went to prison, a guy asked me one time, we was in uh, what we call the counseling session in there, and uh, I was asked, had I ever told my brothers and my one sister that I loved them? And I couldn't remember ever saying that to any brother or sister, you know. But when I came out, I learned how to express it. I didn't get it back all the time, but I would let them know. But I let my kids know. That I loved them. I expressed that to them. And they know dad. Just like my grands know that papa. Loves me. Why? Because he says it. But see I didn't get that as a child. I missed that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this subject. You know I don't know how many of you. Went through the same thing I did, but I know I learned from my wife when she told me she was an only child and how she missed that. She didn't have brothers and sisters. And I'm saying, dog, I wanted to be an only child. <laughs> you know? But I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the people that God has put in my life because it has allowed me to show the love that I have. You know? Um, and I love each and every one of you. I might not say it all the time, <laughs> but I do. Because uh, just seeing you coming to church, I know who I'm going to see. I know who's going to be here. You know, and that's a good feeling to know that I'm going where I'm welcomed. Because I've been a lot of places where I wasn't welcome. I've knocked on a lot of doors where they would peep out the blinds and wouldn't answer. I knocked on a lot of doors where they would say, hold on, wait a minute, and they would hide all their valuables or the drink that they were drinking. 
Because they knew Tom. You better hide it from Tom. That was, that was my attitude, man. Um, but I've changed. And God has afforded me to see some things that I'm grateful for. He has allowed me to see these next month to be 76 years on this planet, if I make it. You know, and I, I am very grateful. I'm very grateful, you know. Um, wow, that's all the time. I'm short. <laughs> I'm short, y'all. I'm really short. Um, but I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Thank you. God bless you. And again, I love you. And let's have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. Morning, House of Destiny again. I uh, want to thank Brother Tom for bringing that inspiring word this morning about love. Love is the foundation of everything that we try to do. I tell kids all the time because I teach, and I tell them all the time. I said, you know, life itself is like a soap opera. We're only going to be in each other's um, life for a certain season. And when that season is gone, then we move on and other new characters come into our life. But at the, at the end of the day... The reason why God put each other in each other's life is to learn from each other. Because our whole goal and the basis of man is to grow into that vibration called love. Because that's what the vibration God operates on. And as we're growing and trying to cut off all the mess out of our lives so we can get into that love vibration, it just, you know, we're surrounded by people so that we can learn from each other. And you don't ever stop learning. Life is an everlasting path of learning. And you go, you go from level to level to level to level until they plant you in the grass. I mean, and that's what it's supposed to be about. So, Brother Tom, we appreciate that word this morning. Um, I'm going to stand and close us out in prayer. Um, of course, we know Dr. Manley and Miss um, Manley had to go on to another um, engagement this morning. So I'm not going to prolong y'all and keep you here longer than we ought to. I think spirit moved and what needed to be said was said. So I'm just going to, if y'all stand and go in prayer with me, we're going to close out for the day. Um, is there any prayer requests before I begin? Balance of family. Yes, sir. Johnson family. Yeah. Okay.
All right, let's go before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word this morning, Father God. Father God, we, we know that nothing that you do, God, that it goes without um, achieving the goal in which it was to accomplish, Father God. We thank you for that, Father God. We thank you for the word this morning, Father God. Father God, as we stand together as a body of believers, Father God, connected together, God, we just pray and ask that each petition that was made this morning, Father God, that you heard them, Father God. Father God, we just thank you for being a Lord of our lives, Father God. And Father God, we just thank thee for God for how you placed your head of protection around us and how you kept us, Father God. Even as the enemy tried to come in our homes, God, as a flood, Father God, you always raised up a standard against them. We just glorify you for the, keeping your promises of your word in our lives, Father God. Father God, we pray for every family that was mentioned this morning, Father God. You know each and every need that they're going through and what, what they, they gotta have, Father God. We just pray, God, that you meet every need according to your riches and in glory, Father God. And Father God, we just pray for the family, pray over these young children, Father God. Father God, you, you place it in our hands that we hinder not the kids from coming under thee, Father God. But Father God, we just pray, God, you just place a hedge of protection around their lives, Father God. Father God, you know the greater plan that you have for them, these children. Father God, in the future that you have for their lives, Father God. And we pray, God, that you just bind the hand of the enemy that try to come in and attack them and attack their mother, Father God. Father God, we just pray that, God, you just intervene on their behalf, Father God, and that you'll meet every one of their needs according to your riches and glory, Father. And, Father God, as we depart from this place, Father God, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will go with us, Father God, that it will continue to lead and guide us and keep us, God, in all understanding and all truth, Father God. Place a hedge of protection around each and every one of us. Keep us guarded and safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. Father God, we go out through our, our day in this world, Father God. We just give you glory and thanks. We just thank you for the sacrifice and the resurrect the power of Jesus Christ. And we give you glory for all things. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You are dismissed.